The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? How is everybody feeling? Are we feeling like we got a big weight off of our shoulders, off of our chest? You know, maybe a uh, a certain oversized horse with uh, a lot of fur around its hooves. Uh, uh, what, what do we call those? Uh, a Clydesdale? Maybe it's like a Clydesdale was standing on your chest and it got removed? Whoa, boy. I got to tell you, folks, I'm feeling pretty damn good right now. Uh, I don't know how many times I had to ask for that to happen before it actually happened. Uh, I'm sure some of you probably kept count. Um, I haven't really kept count. I know I did it a lot. I know I was in here uh, recording these podcasts a lot, talking about how they needed to get rid of Dominique Charme, and they did. The Montreal Canadiens fired him, replaced him with Martin Saint-Louis. And um, I got to tell you, folks, they may have lost that game. They may have lost that game, 5-2, to two, at the hands of the Washington Capitals. But uh, I submit to you that that was one of the best games that they have played this season. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I am encouraged. I'm not pissed off. For once, I'm actually a little bit excited about the future of this team. Um, that, that was not a bad game for them. Um, you know, I, I don't love recapping 5-2 losses, but I'll give you a recap. So it was a decent start for the team there. Um, you know, they came out looking pretty good. No, not, not looking like world beaters or anything, but they, they were looking better than uh, than I've come to expect this season. Uh, of course, not too long into the game, uh, Kin Primo lets out a bit of a bad rebound. And Joe Snively, or Snively, I, I think it's Snively. Um, I don't know, we're going to call him Snivels from now on. Uh, he gets to the rebound, puts it in. First career goal for him in the NHL. Congratulations, Snivels. one nothing for the Capitals. And then Connor McMichael gets a bit of a weak shot from the high slot. It goes through traffic and beats Primo. Really, Primo should have had that one. And it's 2 nothing, and that is how the first period would end. And here's why I think it was one of their best games. Because the Montreal Canadiens this season, when they get down in games, usually it's beyond over. And it starts getting ugly. But it did not this time. They came out in the second period flying, looking much better uh, than they had for you know swaths of the first period, and fighting back, fighting back, amazing. Something that I've I've been wanting to see for so long is just some some pride, uh, some some desire to actually go out there and, and fight in games instead of just letting themselves get ran out of the building. Uh, of course, uh, the lead gets extended less than five minutes into the period, despite the fact that the Habs are playing pretty well. Carl Haglin makes it 3 nothing, uh, But then the Habs get one back. Rem Pitlick uh, goes to the front of the net. Josh Anderson behind the net throws it out front. Pitlick puts it in, makes it 3-1. to 
But then Ole Snivels is back again. Ole Snivels, not long after that, scores again, uh, absolutely owns Jeff Petrie, and then fires it uh, through Caden Primo. Another one that Primo, uh, like Jeff Petrie did get walked there, but Primo should have had that one, and that was it for him. Uh, they pulled him from the net, 4-1 for the Capitals. Uh, late in the period, Cole Caulfield. We've been waiting on this kid to get himself going this season, and he does. Uh, gets a pass from Nick Suzuki and absolutely rips a backhander. Top shelf. Beautiful goal. Absolutely gorgeous goal on the backhand. Uh, and it's 4-2. to two. The Montreal Canadiens have a chance. You know, after being down 2 nothing in the first period, they actually managed to get a tie in the second period. Uh, you know, 2-2 two, two in that period. So we'll, we'll take it. Small victories right now, right? And they came out flying in the third period, man. Did they ever try to get back in this game? And for me, that is, you know, it's just a breath of fresh air to see them actually fight, to see them actually, you know, give a shit and and really go out there and, again, have some pride in themselves. They did get another one. I And honestly, uh, this one kind of pissed me off a little bit because Cole Caulfield scores with an absolute screamer of a wrist shot. But the Capitals challenge, saying that it was offside, and I think it was Ben Sherrod at the line. I have to go back and check. I, I can't remember. But anyways, he reached up and grabbed it with his glove, right? Now, when Washington challenges for the offside, they go back and they look at it, and I'm, I'm telling you, there's a gif of it up on my Twitter if you want to go and look. You cannot tell if that puck completely crossed the line. So when that happens, you have to go with the call on the ice. You can't overturn the call on the ice without conclusive video evidence that it was the wrong call, and they didn't have that. But for whatever reason, um, you know, they decided to call it back and said it was offside. I do not agree with that one little bit, but uh, it takes a goal away from Cole Caulfield, but takes nothing away from how well he played in that game. Uh, really great game from him, and more on that in a little bit. Of course, uh, the Habs would pull Samuel Montembeau from the net, get an extra skater, and they would try to get it back. Uh, and honestly, they had some really good pressure in the dying minutes of that game. But Tom Wilson scores the empty netter. And uh, with that, 5-2 to two final. But again, arguably one of the better games that they've played this season. Now, what effect did the coaching change have on that game? I mean, uh, let, let's, let's face facts. St. Louis was put in place, what, yesterday, right? The day before the game. Does a press conference today, or this morning, I guess. Uh, I don't think he had time to really implement uh, much of that, you know, change that he was talking about, specifically going towards more of a concept uh, and coaching a lot of players away from the puck, more so than coaching players with the puck like he was talking about. Um, but clearly, the the change itself lit a fire under the team. They were playing with a lot more passion out there. Um, they outshot the Capitals. They outchanced the Capitals. They had a better expected goals for by a pretty wide margin. You know, Samsonov made a lot of really good saves for the Capitals. And realistically, again, I don't want to sit here and blame goaltending, right? I, I tend to avoid blaming goaltending at all costs. But if Caden Primo makes a few extra saves, you know, particularly if you take that uh, Connor McMichael goal and uh, maybe he doesn't give up a bad rebound uh, on that first Nivels goal... <laughs> I love calling them snivels. Uh, but look, it, it could have been a bit of a different game if they got a few key saves, is what I'm trying to say. And you couldn't really say that about previous games. Because in previous games, when, you know, Zhusham was literally blaming goaltenders for losses, 
they were also getting outchanced pretty heavily. Right? They were getting outshot pretty heavily. They were getting outplayed pretty heavily. In this game, that wasn't the case. Right? So, again, as, as much as I don't like blaming goaltenders, this is one game where you could point at goaltending a little bit more than you could otherwise. And I think if they got some of those key saves, we could have maybe seen a different result there. Uh, and even without the key saves, you know, if that challenge goes their way in the third period, right? If it, if if they made the right call there and they didn't overturn it, because again, I don't think they should have overturned that, then we would have been looking at a 4-3 to three score and the, the Habs would have had a power play. So there's a chance that even without the key saves, they could have they were they were in that game, right? And it's it was fun to watch, it was exciting, you know. They're they're fighting back, they're getting shots, they're getting scoring chances. They were not doing that before, so that was my main issue with blaming goaltending before. Is that you know if you get outchanced fifteen to six, right? You should probably lose. You're expecting a goaltender to stand on his head at that point, but in this game, not the case whatsoever. If I go to natural stat trick right now and I can refresh that real quick because I already got it open, high danger scoring chances, 10 to 4 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. 10 to 4. That's a game that if you if you can replicate that over and over and over again, you win more games than you lose. For sure. So honestly, uh, I, I love the coaching change. I was a little bit concerned uh, about Martin St. Louis because, you know, as far as I know, his only coaching experience was like Pee Wee AAA before this. But if you saw that press conference and you listened to some of the things he was saying, it's easy to get behind him, right? And it's easy to believe that maybe he could be like their, their Rod Brindamore, right? It's possible. I don't know. It's going to take some time for us to really find out what it is that he brings and how he can really change the culture. But he talked a lot in that press conference about wanting the players to have fun again, wanting them to, to play like a team. And we saw that against the Washington Capitals. I think that's key. I think it's beautiful, and I hope we keep seeing it. <clears throat> you know, uh, guess what, too? Last couple of games, I've been doing my silver lining, and what have I been saying for the silver lining? I've been talking about junior players. Talked about Jan Mishak a little bit, right? I'm not going to do that this time. I actually have a silver lining for you from the game, and it is none other than Cole Caulfield. Of course. How could I not give it to Cole Caulfield? He has had a pretty rough go at it this year. I found it ridiculous that we you know we were shoving him on third and fourth lines, uh, you know, not giving him enough minutes. And clearly, uh, Saint Louis trusts him. They had him out there in the dying minutes of the game with the goaltender out. So he scored twice. I'm giving him credit for both of those goals. Both of those goals, ridiculously good shots. If Martin Saint Louis is the coach that can really get the most out of Cole Caulfield, at least for the remainder of this season. And then we see what happens at the end of the year if they decide to extend him or if you know if they drop the interim tag and whatever it is they decide to do. If he is the coach, just working with Caulfield for the rest of this season that can get the most out of him and get him to take a step forward, that is massive for the future of this club. They need goal scorers. They need clutch goal scorers. They need somebody who can put up 40. And we believed ever since that the Habs drafted Cole Caulfield that he could be that guy. So now we really need to find out if that could be the case. And I honestly, a lot of people have been talking about it on Twitter that maybe, you know, a smaller, uh, underestimated player throughout his career, like Martin Saint-Louis, could be that kind of coach for Cole Caulfield. And you know what? It's it's only one game in, so it's a little bit early, but goddamn, if it hasn't worked out so far, I'm, I'm excited. I'm super excited about this. We also saw better games from Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson than we've seen in a little bit. I think Suzuki's been pretty good this season, but but Anderson's really looked like he's been struggling. He looked great. 
Uh, Rem Pitlick had a great game. Um, Montembeau, when he came in, um, I, I thought he played pretty well. He made a couple of key saves. He faced the, the tougher scoring chances on the night, too, and, and actually did manage to give him a couple of uh, really good ones. So, you know, overall, great game. Where where were the same, like, we didn't see the same brutal defensive breakdowns. We saw a few, right? That first goal that Caden Primo gave up, now, uh, again, I don't like blaming goaltending. I like to look at the entire play and see what happened there, right? Primo does give up a bad rebound on that play. It is a bad rebound. He should have corralled that. He should have been able to, or at least, you know, push it off into the corner so it's not sitting out there right in front of the net. But when you look at it, if you look at that play, Alexander Romanov overplays it a little bit at the blue line. He steps up. And then what should have happened is Mike Hoffman's coming down. He should have come off to that other side, and he should have been there to either take the rebound or at least go, you know, hands over hands with Ole Snively there and stop him from getting the rebound. That didn't happen. Mike Hoffman went the wrong way. So there was a, a bit of a comedy of errors there, right? A bad rebound and bad coverage. Nobody picking up the trailer um, in Snivels coming down for that rebound. So there's a lot of work to be done, right? We can't sit here and claim victory yet. Um, I, I love this move. I love the coaching move. I've been, I better love it, right? I can't sit here, record, what, 10 or 12 podcasts asking them to fire the coach and then have a problem with the person that they picked. Um, again, there was concerns initially, but you know this the press conference he did this morning, and then seeing what happened in this game, I'm finally, you know, for the first time since last year's playoffs, I'm excited about this team. And it's probably gonna take some time for us to to see the returns. Like I said, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And the Habs aren't gonna be fixed in a day either. But if just the effort level and the buy-in from the players is gonna continue like this as a result of this move, we're in good shape, folks. We're in good shape. We're going to get a high draft pick. We're going to make some trades. We're going to see where this team uh, can legitimately go. And it's refreshing, honestly refreshing, the idea of having somebody who doesn't have all these preconceived notions about coaching. Right? We don't need another retread. Like I said, my initial concern was, oh my God, the only thing he's ever coached is Pee Wee AAA. Then I sat down and thought about it for a little while and I was like, oh my God, the only thing he's ever coached is Pee Wee AAA. He doesn't have this old school, I'm going to do what I've always done as a coach mentality, right? He's bringing a fresh perspective. And again, I I hate to keep giving parallels back to Rod Brendamore, but it was the same thing for him and with the Carolina Hurricanes. He didn't have coaching experience either. It's working out pretty damn good for them. Now, they also have a better roster construction. So, again, there's a lot of work to be done, right? Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon got to do their part as well and give Marty the right players to work with. But, again, the fresh perspective, right? Not another retread. We got a brand new coach, folks. Brand new. And it's not like he doesn't have experience in the NHL. He's a Hall of Famer. We know what he did as a player. Anybody else uh, was around for the 2004 Playoffs, remember what the the Lightning did with the Montreal Canadiens in those playoffs before they won the Stanley Cup? Yeah, he was a big part of that. So, look, it's good news. It's good news. I'm finally in a a good mood for once, and uh, hopefully we can keep it that way. So I'm going to end the podcast there. We're ending on a high note this time, which is not something we've been able to do for a little while. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for putting up with me complaining about the coach and asking for the coach to be fired 
however many times I've done it so far. I promise you, I'm going to give this one at least till the end of the year. And I hope it works out long term, honestly. I, I really do. That's it for the podcast. We're running, uh, well, looks like we're going to be up around 16 minutes again. So, soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, uh, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you again for listening and for putting up with me. And as always, à la prochaine. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.